chapter number 6, page 1002, if you have a Schofield King James Bible. If you don't, you need one. Amen. 1002. While you're turning there, and uh, we're getting ready to read, we will begin visitation back Saturday. And, uh, and so that'll be at 4 o'clock. Prayer time at 6 o'clock. And uh, oh, let me encourage you to take a few minutes and come and pray. Amen. And, uh, and uh, let's, let's, let's find a, a place. Find a place. And uh, you say, well, I can pray at home. I know we can. But I kind of think God is pleased when we have a place to where we purposefully go for that reason. And the Lord could pray anywhere. He was God himself, yet he would find himself a mountain and he would steal away to pray. And so let me encourage you to do that. And uh, may, may we not find ourselves in an ungodly mess before we choose to pray. But may we pray now, then when a mess comes, it ain't near as much of a mess, amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19, if you found your place, let's stand together. I'm going to begin reading, but there's a couple verses here we want to read together, all right? Everybody got a Bible? Young people, you got a Bible? Everybody got a Bible? Matthew chapter 6, all right, Matthew chapter 6. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21, let's read it together, all right? Ready. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, I really would to God that we believed the Bible enough to believe that about us. We believe it about others, but we don't believe that verse. Preacher, you're saying I'm lying. I'm saying we don't believe that. But it is there. It's not going away. And tonight, with the help of God, we want to preach on determining your treasure. Now, let's read verse 24 together. Ready? Here we go. No man can serve two masters. Why are we trying? Do we believe that? Do you believe that's God's word? Do you believe God lied when he said, nobody can do this? Do we believe we're the exception? All right, verse number 31, the Bible says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Well, that sells argument that God don't care, doesn't it? Sells argument he don't know my circumstance. He does. All right. Verse 33. Let's read it together. Ready? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. 
For the marsh shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto day is the evil thereof. Determining your treasure. Let's go to the throne of grace and ask God. Brother George Huff, would you please pray? Amen, amen, you'll be seated. Again, the Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. What kingdom will you live for this year? Now, I love this. I, I, was, uh, I was just amazed at the simplicity of God. He don't give us a multiple choice question of 10 things. I love that. I mean, he makes it so simple. And he tells us, he takes all the stuff that we get so caught up in and he literally just brings it down to two things. And every one of us will live for one of these kingdoms this year. It is the kingdom of self or the kingdom of God. You find with the, the transition point being verse 33... And the word but, everything before verse 33 explains the self-kingdom. And everything after verse 33 explains God's kingdom. And so as we begin this night, this day, in a brand new year, the answer is we will live for one of these kingdoms Every person will live and give their life. All young people, you will give your life this year to one of these kingdoms. And you say, well, how, how do we determine that? What's your treasure? You have to determine your treasure because the answer is your treasure. What is it that you treasure? And every person treasures something. And tonight, as we begin this series on determining your treasure, I'm not really concerned about what you think somebody else's treasure is. I, it, it's not tonight a message that will, that will move you to decide what your husband's treasure is or your wife's treasure is. The truth is, it is a, a very personal matter of what is your treasure. For the Bible is very clear. He, he doesn't make any bones about it. He said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I look over a congregation and I see some people, their heart is here because their treasure is in the kingdom of God. I look at others and their treasures is somewhere else and I never have their heart. Their heart's never here because there's no, you can't, God doesn't give you the power to fake this or to change it. 
where your treasure is is where your heart's going to be. And that makes and there's no exception to, to the rule with that fact. Now, to understand this, let me kind of lay a foundation for the series. It actually starts in chapter 5 and runs through chapter number 7. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And yet, uh, a lot of times we'll read just that one set, chapter 5 and stop. But in essence, chapter 5 should be read through to chapter 7 together. Because in those we have a sermon that the Lord is preaching and it contains the principles of his kingdom. It, it, it tells us, he begins to explain to us what it is to be in the kingdom of self, what it is to be in the kingdom of God. So you and I can determine which kingdom we're living for. He taught him several things. He taught him the true intent of the law was to show men his sin. He taught them the era of religious leaders of that day and their materialistic thinking. My, do we not live in a very materialistic world today. He talked about the kind of character that those that, are, that love the kingdom of God ought to have. And, and then he talked about uh, how that will bring fruit for repentance. Bring forth our fruit, meet for repentance, he said in Matthew 3, 8. And these are going to be rejected. And he tells us how we'll live until he comes. And so as he begins to give these principles. Now, in chapters 5, 3 through 16, I'm going to do it quickly because I'm going to get where I'm going. It's a picture description of the character of the followers of, of the king. In chapters 5, 13 through 16, it is a portrayal of his disciples. He challenged them. He said, you are the salt of the world and you are the light of the world. Can I help you here tonight? Nowhere do I see in there, God said, it's ever about us. It ain't about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. I walked in a church and I loved this and and a beautiful big, big building. And I wanted to see the pulpit. It was a glass pulpit. And, and I wouldn't have liked that. Amen. But anyway. But it was, a, it was very nice. And, and on, the, on the front of it, there was a, a, a brass statement. And here's what the statement said. It ain't about you. I love it. It ain't about you. And I, I never forgot that. By the way, the reason. And that will go a long ways to telling you on which kingdom you live in. Because God said, he gave this commandment, he said, you're, you're to be salt on this earth and you're to be light in the world and we're to impact the society, we're to serve the king and we're bringing forth fruit to the God that we serve. Now, he comes in, in chapters 5, 17 through 7, 12 and in that segment he gives us the principles to do to be salt and to be light. You understand? Are you with me? Say amen. Boy, you better be glad you did. I'd have to start all over. He gives us the principles of how to be salt and how to be light. And so principle number one was this. In chapters 5, 17 through 48, he talks about the product. It is ideal of being a genuine fellowship 
and dependence on God. Don't forget that. A genuine fellowship and dependence on God. Here is all of you could, it, it could change your world if you could have that relationship with God becomes more important than anything he does. Who he is is greater and more important than who, what he does for you and in your life. In answer, and even in answering prayer, the relationship he desires is greater to him than answering your prayer, even though he does. Number two, there's the principle of concern the practice. Chapter 6, 1 through 18, it has the idea that we're not to do it before men and for their praise. Now, the principle concerning their perspective. Here's where I want to get tonight. Because right here is where we're at in this passage. It is our perspective of treasure. Now, don't get alarmed. I'm not giving this to you. This is a $20 bill. Now, I mean stretching it to the wildest imagination possible, this paper does not, is probably, this paper is not worth more than 10 cents. The paper itself there's probably not more than 25 cents worth of ink on this paper. But let's just say that's very, that's just too conservative. Oh, it's much more. Okay, let's just say there's a dollar's worth of paper and ink on this. So why is it worth $20? It is a 20, it is valued at that. Because it is an assigned value. Our government, our nation, has assigned that this bill will be worth $20. It is an assigned value. Literally, it's not, it's not that valuable. Maybe 50 cents or a dollar's worth of paper and ink. But our government has assigned that this is worth $20. So it is an assigned value. Now, give you a ex- wonderful illustration. I lost my ring. That ring cost, when I bought it, about 200 bucks. In 2001. But I worked for two weeks, finally rented me a metal detector and found it. Why? Not because of the $200, but because of the sentimental value it was to me. The assigned value that I gave to it. Now, you say, well, what, what does that mean? Well, you'll never determine your treasure till you determine what you assign value to. 
some assigned value to this or that tonight that becomes their treasure because they gave it their assigned value. Um, too cold to, 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 to fish. So, and I was out the hunters. They kind of get a little testy with me. And uh, so, uh, okay, it's too cold to fish. But somebody said, I'm going fishing tonight. I just got to go. They've assigned value to that because I'm going to tell you, it's too cold out there to be on the river fishing for a fish. It's assigned value. Here's where the Lord brings us to chapter number 6 and verse 19. And determining your treasure, what do you assign value to your treasure? Because a whole lot of people, a whole lot of folks, isn't it amazing? Now, please don't boo me out now. Isn't it amazing? The people say, well, boy, Pastor, I won't be there tonight. I'm just so sick. And you may very well be, and I'm not booing that out. But tomorrow morning, come hell or high water, they got crawled to that job. They'll go, they've assigned value to it more than the value the night before. They've assigned value, and that job is their treasure. What we assign value to is what becomes treasure to us. Now God said, there's some things, I told you verse 33, is a transition. All before is kingdom of self. Here's what God said not to do. Number one, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Idea of the word lay up means to Reservoir of wealth means to treasure up, store, hoard, stockpiles, what the word means. It has the idea of looking at wealth that is misused. It is, it is the ideal of God saying, now I don't want you, uh, really, if you want to get to the little meaning of this word, it means it's stop treasuring up frugal treasures. Stop treasuring futile treasures. Has the idea of laying up for that that and that becomes our focus. The, 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 whole, the whole statement means never let this be your focus. And, and literally, and, and some commentators said it, it was much stronger than that. Stop! That's what he's saying. Letting that be your focus. That's some most, most commentaries say it is, it is much stronger than what we give it. It means stop, like God screaming at us. Stop letting that become your focus. He went on to talk about, he said, upon earth. Well, he did go on to say for yourselves. Has the ideal of selfishness and futile reasons. Now, let me just say this. Uh, and, and I do believe this. I don't think this means saving for retirement and, and being a good steward. No, no, I don't. That, that you're missing it. Because that don't become your treasure. It only becomes your treasure 
when it becomes more when you're depending on it versus depending on God. Not There's nothing wrong in saving for retirement as long as that doesn't take God's place. Uh, boy, you say, but preacher, you... You, you, well, you know, I'm, Lord, I've heard this so much this year. It, it, I, I, it makes my little head spin when I hear it. When I preach, you know we got to work. No, I know we got to have God. I know we got to have God. I know we got to have God. Work is just a means to an end. And yet, when we make that even itself a God upon earth, now this is significant because what he's doing now, he's making a difference. He's drawing a line from that which is in heaven. Now he comes and he says, now listen, he said, now let me tell you why. You say, well, why the Lamb? Why does God? Here, he tells you why. He uses three illustrations. He says, first, where moth and rust doth corrupt. Interesting. Moth. Well, they destroy clothing. And in that particular time, it it was one of the greatest enemies was moss. But you know what else? Moss clothing spoke of wealth and position. By the way, it still does. It still does. And what he's talking about is this. He said, now, that it's going to corrupt. But the bigger picture of moss and rust is this. It's going to be corrupting. It's going to be eaten away. Rust devours. It consumes. Literally, in this original text, it was given to food that's gone to bad. Amen. How many of you ever opened a bowl in the refrigerator? It's green and it's cream corn. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. I, I'm telling you, I, I don't eat left. I don't know if you know this. I don't, I don't hardly eat leftovers. And I keep telling Darlene, she's going to have salmonella poison, and I know it's, it's coming. How's the idea to this figure corrupt? And then he goes on to say, what thieves will come in and steal. Here's what, he's, here's what he's literally saying. He said, now don't lay up treasures on earth because this is what's going to happen. It's going to deteriorate. It's going to fall apart. It's going to, it's going to rust. It's going to corrupt. And it's going to be stolen away. Amazing. How's the ideal? Both of this speaks of the ideal of the brevity of life and the constant insecurity of laying up treasures on earth. The constant insecurity. And when we lay up treasures on this earth, what we're saying is this. We're saying that's what I'm living for. That's the kingdom I'm living for. Now, it, it doesn't have that, that we, we can't get out of this kingdom. And this is the great challenge in our hearts. Is the fact that every day, tomorrow, how many of you had today off? Amen. How many got going to work tomorrow? Praise God. Well, here's the thing. We all face that same world tomorrow. And when we enter into that world, immediately, 
It's going to be scream, me, me, me. You give me attention. You need me. Every commercial is, you need this. It don't get any better than this. You need this. you got to have this. I never forget one year we made the mistake of letting Jade watch uh, commercials. And my goodness, every, every time he saw a commercial on Saturday morning before Christmas, he wanted everything. What's sad is we're adults and we watch commercials and want everything. Now, has ideals to hoard because of insecurity. To spend selfishly and the other side of that, extravagantly seeking happiness and security in life rather than in the Lord. Now, don't you listen to me? It means to spend selfishly and extravagantly seeking happiness and security in life rather than in the Lord. Where is your treasure? It has the ideal of giving it God-like status. There's folks that should be here tonight, could be here tonight, and no matter how they want to soften it up, look at it, make it, do anything, now don't you listen to me. I'm going to really help you. If you'll get a hold of this, you will never win anyone sacrificing God to get it done. Never. Because what you're doing is you're giving that a godlike status. And God said, Don't lay up treasures on earth. Don't lay up treasures. Why some of you will go to work tomorrow said depressed? I didn't tell you what it is, and I didn't get that. I didn't get this. My God in heaven. And and, and God don't pull any punches with this thing. How many of you had food to eat this week? Everybody ate good? I mean, he's got clothes on. Nobody even naked. Praise God for that. We need to stay covered up. Amen. Don't you agree? Uh uh-uh. uh. How many's got a roof over your head? Okay, God said, why aren't you shouting praising him? Why aren't you giving him a why aren't you having a high, high fit here tonight? You know why? Because you're looking for something here. Here to make you happy. Well, the preacher ain't doing this, and the preacher ain't, and they won't let me do this, they won't let me do that, they won't do this. Can I help you? I, I don't want to be happy because I'm a preacher. I'm going to be happy because i got a Savior. Hallelujah, i got a God in heaven. That's what ought to thrill me to know in and thrill you to know in. It's a, because I'm going to tell you this much. All of this might change this year. It might all change this year. I mean... We, we may be like the Jews in a stockade. We, we might be, we, we, might, we may not even have a building because everybody loses a job. God ain't going nowhere. Because I'm going to be honest with you. We're so hung up on ourselves. It may take that 
to get us one more time saying, God, I sure do need you today. Boy, I sure do. I need you today. I need you today. Most challenging time in my entire life. I never take nothing for it. Never do I wish this on anybody, nor do I ever want to live it ever again. But for six months, I'd pray in the morning to God help me make it to break. Break to lunch. Lunch to evening break. Pray all evening to make it the next day. I'm telling you, when I come out of that thing, and I'll be honest, I thought I was going to die. And it's bad when God won't let you quit. He won't let you do nothing. And all you've you got to live it. And in the midst of it all, when I come out of it, I realize something very quickly. Number one, if I didn't have him today, I can do nothing. And I realize something else. That everything here may all change, but he never does. Which kingdom are you living for? Now, verse 33, he comes, but, man, what a word, but. He said, this is what I want you to do. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now, there's three questions that's got to occupy our minds if we determine our treasure. Number one, how do we lay up treasures in heaven? How do we do that? Number two, what are the treasures? Notice they're plural. They're more than one. And number three, why should I lay up treasures in heaven rather than on earth? First of all, to lay up treasures in heaven means this. It means to recognize the brevity of life and that we are sojourners and temporary residents here on a special assignment for our Lord. Somebody said it this way. Lord, make me to know my end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know, know how frail I am. God, would you please remind me how frail I really am? And the brevity. He went on to say, Behold, thou hast made my days as a hand breath. Mine age is as nothing before thee. And verily every man at best state is altogether vanity. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. Here's what he's saying. He said they hoard up all of their life. They die and somebody else takes it. That's what he said. He's in heaven, been in heaven since 2001. I mean 1991, pardon. Since 1991. And uh, my dad's probably the hardest working man I ever knew in my life. And he was a good steward with money. He was very frugal. And uh, my children accuse me of being frugal sometimes. But 
I got money and they don't. And uh, they, uh, but at 50, about 50, 51, he got cancer. And I remember him sitting on the front porch. And he said, you know, son, he said, I spent all my life. Here's what he said, spent all my life. He said, I was hoping me and your mama, when I got about 60, 61, we could travel. And he said, you know, he said, I think I'd done some things different. Never forgot it. I, I know you're not going to believe this, but I used to come home from work, and every day I'd tear up something so I could work. I would come home and work till dark. Because that's all my life I had ever known. So I'd come, if I had to tear up something to fix something, I'd do it because that's what I'd done. When he died at 53, I just stopped. I just stopped. And I took several, several weeks to just really take a look at my life and say, Where am I going? What am I doing? Why am I doing that? And I'm going to be honest with you. The closer I got to it, the more I got concerned. Now I've passed. How long he lived. But I'm just going to be honest with you. A whole lot of stuff we consider important is not. At the end of the day, it's not. It's not. I mean, we, 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 we almost, it's unbelievable what we do to our lives every day trying to live in this kingdom of self, not recognizing if you are truly saved, God said, I want you to live in the kingdom of God, lay up treasures. Has the ideal to recognize the brevity. Second, to lay up treasure means God, you got a God-given potential as a good steward of the manifold grace of God. It has the ideal that God said, I'm, God entrusted every one of us with five things. Five things God's given every one of us. I hate to boo you out with this, That's the reason no man will stand and accuse God of anything. Because God has given us all exactly the same thing. Alright? Number one, time. Time. And it takes time to store heavenly treasures. Time. (laughs) It's amazing. Absolutely amazing the people that are out of work and yet have no time to do anything for God. Time. 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 And by the way, why you just don't understand, preacher. No, God's going to say, I gave every one of you 24 hours a day. God didn't give God didn't give Josh 25 and a half. Uh, he gets 24, I get 24. We just have the choice of what we're going to do with it. Number two, talents, gifts, and abilities. God has given every person here a talent. Well, I just tell you something, preacher. I won't, but nobody will use mine. Let me tell you how you can get a, have a talent and get it used. Okay? All right? Insert yourself in the middle of what God's doing. 
think that I, I don't think I have a talent to preach. I think it's calling. But I will tell you this much. I do believe there's some reasons why God give me, gives me the privilege to pastor. Let me give you just a few of them. It wasn't very good. But when I got, when, when we got in, when we got our hearts right and got in it, I'm going to tell you something. I sung in the choir. And I can't sing a lick. Well, I just can't do that. Well, okay. Okay. I mowed the grass. I cleaned the church. Some of the best singing done was cleaning the church. You should have heard it. It was something. Nobody never bothered me because I think I scared them when they drove up and heard me singing. Cleaned the church. I went visiting, prayed all the time. And then just in the midst of all of those, just, just, and, and having a ball doing it, just, just, just doing what I knew to do, what I could do, here come opportunity and met me at the crossroads and said, hmm, I think I could use you to teach a Sunday school class. Well, I, and I, I said, I said then, still saying, man, I don't know if I can do that, but if that's what you want, okay. So I started teaching. And just doing what I knew to do in the crossroads. Here's why some of you are not being, you want to be, but you're not. You're waiting for somebody to come and say, please, 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 come on, please. And I'm going to tell you something. Ain't nobody to do that. Ain't going to happen. Because here's why. If that's got to be done, then it's always got to be done. But if it's done because you want to do something for God and you don't give a flip what it is, then it will always be enough. That's the reason why that some people are unusable. Let's just say, boy, if, if, if David vacuumed you and I said, boy, I'm going to take more day, that's a fine job. And then if he comes and vacuums two other times and I walk by and say, mm, pretty good. And, go, he, and he said, my God, he don't care about what I clean around I'm going to tell you, it, no, that's the reason why you're not being used. You're looking for everybody else. But instead, you're living for the kingdom of self. If it's the kingdom of God, He knows what you're doing. And if that ain't enough, I'm going to be honest with you. If what I do, my desire tonight, God knows my, my desire tonight is number one is when I'm done and I'll go home and I'll slip out in the backyard in the back room somewhere and I'll say, God, I, my prayer is in some minute way you were pleased because if you're pleased, that's all I want is you to be pleased. So by faith, I'm going to believe you and trust you and trust you're pleased. And because I'm going to tell you, you won't do it alone if, if, if he's not enough. If he's not enough reason for you to sing, I promise you, Joy's going to mess it up. 
piano playing ain't gonna be right. Guitar playing ain't gonna be right. You don't like the people that's beside of you. You don't like the song, but it's just too heavy. My God, it's, it's Taiwan. It'll be something. Are you listening? But if you walk up in that choir, and it don't, it don't make no difference. Because you see, God's got this wonderful gift. It's amazing. By the time your voice gets from here, I don't care how bad it is, by the time it gets to here, God, it's done filtered. And he, man, do you hear that down there? Man, what beautiful music they're making. Number three, treasures. Treasures. Our wealth, our money, our things. Earthly wealth. Earthly wealth. Do you have an automobile that if somebody wanted to come to church, you wouldn't let them ride in? God help you. God help you. Hope it blows up. Amen. Treasures. Earthly. Number four. Boy, this is one. This is a tough one. God's give us time. God's give us talents. God's give us treasures. And it's not the amount of money you got. It's about God, you allowing God to have what you do have. If that's a nickel, God says, okay, can I have it? Or if it's a million, it makes no difference the amount. It is the value you put on it. They'll tell you this story. Man, come to a pastor. He said, Pastor, I tell you, I, I, we're just so struggling. And the pastor set him down. He said, okay, let me just show you about this thing of tithing and being blessed. And, and he said, okay. He said, but Pastor, I don't, I don't make nothing. He said, well, son, if you'll be honest with God, he'll bless you. Sure enough, he did. And guess what? God's word's true. And he started blessing him. And he started growing. And he started making more money. And you know what happened? The time came. When he looked to that, he went to that pastor. Said, "Pastor, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I just can't tie no more because my tie now is astronomical." And he was he quit. And guess what happened? Everything went right back and collapsed. You know why? Because of the value he put on it. Now, here's why we struggle so much with God, and uh, it's amazing. We struggle. Because we put such a value to money. You say, how much value? The love of money is the root cause of every evil there is. If you could scrape away all the garbage and the junk and the excuses and the whining and the belly, all the stuff, and get right down to the root of it, what you would find is this. A love of money is the root of all evil. Here's what's the problem. Money means nothing to God. It no, has no value to Him. In heaven, it, has, it can't be spent. God's not going, I can't send my $20 to heaven. I can do this. I can be a good steward of it here and use it for His glory. But what I'm going to do by faith, here's what spends in heaven, is faith. And God says, when I take my treasures and I trust Him, I trust Him, no matter the amount or when, if I trust Him, then I can lay up treasures in heaven. By faith, it is absolutely amazing. Number, number 
uh, uh, number four, the temple, our bodies. Know you not that your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost? I've written a message, and to be honest with you, God has not given me liberty to preach it. But I think he might one of these days, it's titled, and you'll probably figure it out, this is the title, God, when, God, when God asks, why are you writing on my walls? Why are you writing on my walls? If the, if the temple is the, is a, is, if the body's the temple of the Holy Ghost of God, God says, why are you riding on my walls? And then it gets worse. Why do we teach our children to write on his walls? But he didn't give me the liberty to preach it. And I can tell right now, you're hoping he never does. I can just tell by the way you look. But that body is a part. Number, number five, truth, the gospel. God's given every one of those five things to us. Here's what it means. Third, lay up treasure. means to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. It is to pursue a Christ-likeness. Has the ideal of this. And here's why he said do it. He said because there ain't no moss there, ain't no rust, nothing's corrupting there, and thieves will never break through and steal. Now, I'm going to give you one verse, and I'm going to be done. Not done, but I'm going to stop right there. Determining your treasure. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Here's the question. It's to tell you, godliness with contentment is man's greatest wealth. Now here's the question. Which one, which one is your treasure? you got to determine your treasure. For the Bible is very, very clear the Bible is so very clear. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. As we begin a brand new year, my challenge to you is this. Because understand something. It's not about me, and it's not about you. But you better be certain of one thing. Every single one of us, every single one of us, individually, me, by myself, will stand before a thrice holy God and he's going to unfold what my treasure was in 2014. Here tonight, I want to try to get that settled on my treasure being the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of self. Here tonight, that's all standard of